Coming to you pre-recorded from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a New York City apartment far too close to the street. It's your favorite millennials with too much time on their hands. Welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Red Team Reviews Podcast. The voice you're currently listening to is the voice of TJ Patrick, joined as always by the Kite man to my bane, sure, why not? Oh, I was going to say you were Poison Ivy, so, like, take that as a compliment. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, babe? you just wanted to do... Wait, if I'm Ivy, yeah, then who are you? I'm Kite Man. Oh. Oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> the other option I was going to do is the Clayface to your King Shark. Um, see now, but King Shark's way too optimistic. Sure. <laughs> For me to be King Shark, because I but thought he is about a pacifist. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's well, that's true. <laughs> Until he just starts biting people's entire torsos off. No one, no, uh, you know, Harley. No one's let me be myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes of his. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, we are doing Harley Quinn. Just Harley Quinn, unlike Birds of Prey, the eman- the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, and that whole title fiasco thing that happened to us, uh, this is just, helpfully, Harley Quinn, the show on HBO Max, executive produced by Kaylee Kawako. That will be relevant. That will be very relevant. So I- I- Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, uh, this is an interesting one because uh, typically how stuff like this in general on the show tends to work is that we introduce what we're talking about and then we talk about our history with said thing. But this is interesting because one, it's a very recent show. 2019. And two, huh? 2019. Yeah, it's 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 super recent. Uh, and then on top of that, the other way we could go with this show is to maybe talk about our history with Harley Quinn, but A, we've already done two seasons of Batman the Animated Series, and two and B, earlier this month we already talked about the Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> so it's like Harley is in with at right. least the top 15 of most char- most covered characters on this show, which is odd until you realize that like well harley doesn't really have that much history in general so it's like yeah it's a very easy thing to like completely run the gamut on harley within a month (laughs) of like you do batman the animated series you do the original suicide squad you do birds of prey and then you do the show and that's really most of it The only thing we haven't done is the original Suicide Squad and fuck you, pay me. Uh, t- <laughs> I think I would literally like break down if I ever. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you do that? Okay. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm taking this opportunity to pull up IMDb for the show oh i had hbo max up i have hbo max up but i'm just pulling up oh for the imdb because i'm like very fairly sure 
extremely fairly sure that Kaylee Cuoco is executive producer. No, she's actually not. I can see it right here on HBO Max. No, she is. Well, weird. It's not listed on HBO Max. That I noticed that too, and I was like, "That's odd," because <laughs> it's very it's on a IMDb, and I know for a fact I've seen it multiple times in the credits, the closing credits of episodes. I mean, that's a thing though, because I think somebody spilled the beans on this a year or so ago, where basically when a performer wants a bigger payout, uh, like on the side of uh the actual like fee for doing their job and also wants a degree of the creative vision on how they do their job they'll get an executive producer credit but they're not necessarily doing the job of an executive producer yep i feel like that will be very relevant to this i feel like that it's like basically just being like i want to i want to seat at the table but i'm not actually going to be doing producing work i'm just a major part of the talent and like you know what Sure, that works great in many, many cases. I don't know what your what your feelings are about this particular instance, but so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like say all that and then look at it like yeah fuck those guys for one and more money. I'm like no, it's totally fine. Yeah, fuck this city. Um, <laughs> that's a Dragon Ball Z bridge joke. <laughs> uh, so I will stick a pin in this because. It will be very relevant to things later on. Things. So, but all that to be said. Um, you want to you wanna open the can? I mean, I yeah, I, all of this to be said. Like, I went all around the world because, yeah, what is there else to say? I think we just throw it to other me. Take it away, other me. It is now time for Reject. Or Thank you, me. Welcome, welcome to our monthly TV show review, Reject or Renew. If you're new here, this is how this works. The segment will begin with an episode guide. Each of us will take turns giving a brief synopsis of an episode, followed by our brief thoughts, repeating this process until all episodes have been covered. Afterwards, we will discuss the highest and lowest rated episodes, most and least valuable characters, and give our final thoughts before rendering our judgment of reject or renew. Now, a show needs at least one renew to remain eligible. Two back-to-back rejects from the same host will disqualify that show from our ranks and can only be resurrected via fan vote. However, if both hosts elect to reject... The show in question will be eliminated from our lineup immediately and permanently. Following judgment, we will commence the Reject or Renew Draft Lottery to determine what show will appear on next month's Reject or Renew. Back to you, me. And we're back! Uh, yes, I I am aware. It smells like mayonnaise. We all know this. We've watched enough Spongebob to know. So... Uh, that'll be relevant at a later date. I, yeah, and see, now I have a, a headcanon where, like, little you in the beginning of this has a microphone, and then when the microphone goes away and he talks to you about the mayonnaise, that it just sounds to our ears, because he's tiny, like, and you're like, I know it smells like mayonnaise, but, like, like you, that. Can, you can hear him clearly when he has a microphone, because it's, it's his, 
because because it's it's like the proportions. But when we hear it in our big people ears, it just sounds like a meanie me, and it's like and he's like tugging at it. It's like oh, what's that? What's that guy who does the animated little like? He doesn't have like hands, but like he's got like big eyes and little hands, and he's he animates him over real footage, and he's always like falling down. I don't know. What the fuck? I have no idea. I'm uh, creating. I'm creating new lore. That's what I'm doing. Because um, <laughs> that's what this podcast needed more. Uh-huh. And more. Uh, Anybody uh, need something to go to Mustafa? Okay, moving on. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, first off, what you literally <laughs> described was that one moment in the assertiveness episode of SpongeBob where Plankton has the megaphone. Uh, second off. <laughs> What I imagine it being is like, you know, that noise in cartoons when like somebody's on the phone, but it's just like. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That works too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Uh, the queen is coming. Yes. The, <laughs> the, uh, the Harley Quinn show, uh, as other me in a can has already told you, we're going to do an episode guide. Trevor has elected to do even Stevens, Stevens, even though we have feelings on Shia LaBeouf, and uh, I therefore am doing the odds, which means I have the first episode. So let's Todd. go ahead and get this show on the road. Steven with, and Todd, uh, season one, episode one, till death do us part. Harley Quinn is fed up being TJ. the Joker sidekick. What? I forgot the difference between evens and odds again. <laughs> I was in Are my brain picking odds. I did it again. Hold on. Let me navigate off. I am absolutely for real. I'm sorry. I did it again. All right. It's fine. Go ahead. God damn it. Go ahead. Do you want odds? Yeah, no, I'll take odds. It's fine. I'll take Todd. Okay, fine. Just go. Just do it. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, no, 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 I, I did it again, I did it again, just go, just go, I'll take two, what, four, what six, eight, about? I'll do two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, okay, alright, it's done, go ahead, keep going, oh, I can't believe if, I did it again, I, my damn brain, I had a dream last night where I couldn't do my job, <laughs> I had a nightmare where I was like looking at the time and I'm like, the show's about to start, and I have to turn off the fire alarm because the hay's in the show, and it's too late to turn it off. Why didn't anybody tell me? I took way too long eating dinner, and everybody was showing up picking up tickets, and I didn't know how to do my job. That was my dream last night. I'm not well. I'm not well. I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> Trevor, if you want us, just do the fucking odds, man. It's too late. I already navigated to episode two, so you're gonna start again. You're this gonna start again with episode one. No, no, show. I'm not gonna. No, 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 because this is too good. Um, <laughs> go ahead, start again. God damn it, Trevor! <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I have my left and right really down. I promise. Jesus. <laughs> Harley Quinn because apparently that's what this episode is about Harley Quinn is fed up being the Joker sidekick it strikes out on her own determined to become the criminal queen pin of Gotham City there so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a bunch of quotes as I go through my notes Um, right off the bat on the on the boat where where they're still you know Harley and Joker are still together and the rich guy says our favorite pastime fucking the poor Um, I was like great (laughs) 
thank uh, th- this tells me some information about what this show is going to be like um I think seeing Gordon uh, through the eyes of Harley as a caffeinated, crazed lunatic is fun for now. I wrote the note saying is fun, and I'm saying fun for now. Um, And then I I think that this show gets to do a lot of if comics were real, like joke arguments in its actual execution, like uh, having Calendar Man a few like stalls down from Harley in Arkham and the fact that calendar man can't remember his own son's birthday. Um, when, when his wife is on the other side and be like, Oh, but he remembers the Joker's birthday. Of course he doesn't remember yours. Um, I'm like, okay, that was funny. I did laugh a lot in this episode. Um, the fact that poison Ivy went to Sarah Lawrence is very funny. Um, when they get broken out and they're like, how did this happen? And then you just see Riddler run by played by, uh, uh, what's his face? Jim rash. Am I saying that right? Um, I have no idea. I forget his first name. I know rash is the last name. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Um, but he runs by and he says, I ate, I I ate an orange and shit out of seed. Uh, it was like very funny for me. Um, and then, you know, I don't really like the pl- Harley's plant played by J.B. Smoove, but like I thought the only line that I laughed of his in the entire series was when uh, Ivy uh, says after he eats a, a young man, uh, she says, what if his parents come looking for him? And he goes, unlikely. And then he pukes up the two parents. Um, of course, they would have this version of the Joker respond to Harley breaking out uh, on her own as women aren't funny. Like, of course, he would be that kind of a joker. And I'm like, okay, again, setting the tone, setting what kind of arc and what kind of version of DC we're we're living in. Um, When Batman shows up and Jim and Gordon is, you know, a little bit of a a lunatic and he's playing with the bat signal and he goes, Jim, and he goes, I wasn't playing with it. Um, But at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, basically, uh, Ivy sets up this whole thing with the Riddler capturing Harley and Batman to see who Joker would pick and Joker picks Batman. Um, and then Batman just runs after the Joker as Harley is about to fall into a pit of quote unquote acid. And I don't believe that Batman wouldn't have also caught her on the way down. Cause I don't think he wants Harley to just die. So that was a one weird thing about it. But anyway, um, those are my notes for the first episode. And I think those notes are valid. Uh, sure. Oh, this is going to be very interesting if you did not laugh at this show, because that's that's going to change everything. Uh, especially the last note about, like, Batman definitely would save Harley. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm like, there are a couple depictions of certain characters that tip the hat that the writers have certain thoughts on certain characters that maybe aren't the most accurate or relevant to the way the actual characters are but they kind of bend them to fit the need for the show right like the tone of the show yeah because yeah Uh, like i said gordon's fun for now that is nothing about commissioner gordon that's one funny like between your friends joking about like oh like maybe in reality he's like this but you know it does get old if that's the only thing he's doing yeah we're going to talk about it. Uh, the voices are not doing it for me. That was my note on the first episode. Uh, because obviously, in the first episode, it's the first impression. So that was the f- big first impression I got. was like, 
Aside from, I guess, maybe Ivy, because it's just a regular voice, it's like, yeah, a lot of these aren't really doing it for me. Interesting, because I think the cast is stacked. Look, there's a difference between the cast on paper being stacked and then either the direction or the choices just, they don't, they don't pan out. It's like the whole Emma Watson is playing Belle in Beauty and the Beast. It's like, oh, yeah. great, on paper. And then you see it and it's like a bunch of things happened in a very specific way to make this not work. So, or at least for me. That's just, that's for me. Do you find them grating? Do you find them incongruent with what you both thought thought it was going to be? Who it are you specifically? Case... Yeah, who specifically is like already well, flagging I, I that I agree for with you. you. J.B. Smoove's Frank is very, a lot. It's a lot. Like, I get what they're going for, but sometimes that voice choice is just real grating. Like, the cracks and the squeals of his delivery often just ruin any kind of joke it could be going for. Of Just like, all right, I'm going to need you to, like, tone this down or just, like, get an actor that can do this, like, a little bit more seamlessly. Like, for some reason, off the top of my head, I think... Either Craig Robinson or uh, Keegan-Michael Key might have been able to pull this off a little bit better. Yeah, I get that. Um, But, like, eh, it's nothing against J.B. Smoove. I think he has a very specific utility. But... (sighs) Wizards. Huh? That's him in uh, the Spider-Man franchise. Um... (laughs) Is he actually a character? Yeah, he's one of the teachers. No, I know, yeah, I know he's one of the teachers, but I didn't know if like they were doing the Ned Leeds thing of like we're just gonna put this character here. And no, no, they no. Have a okay, yeah, all right. No, the joke is that he's the science teacher, and he's like, it's wizards. Um, oh, anyway, okay. That was the jo- the fact that the fact that I had to explain and remind you no, of that joke means that I it's not that just important. Didn't hear the word wizards. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Episode two, a high bar. Harley is determined to become part of the Legion of Doom. Thanks, person who TJ should have their job. Um, also, she, she she tries to get in with people. You're welcome, all right? I said it for you so you don't have to fucking say it. Um, and the elaboration on that is that a bunch of them are going to a bar mitzvah that is Penguin's nephew's bar mitzvah. Um, and that's where most of the episode takes place. All right, cool. Now we're Now we're on the right page. Go ahead. Okay, so first off, only gay men can have open relationships? What the fuck is that about? Second, can we not have Harley engaging in any kind of sexual discussion with 13-year-old boys? Thirdly, the whole having Ivy kiss a bunch of them at the end. Weird and virgining into big mouth territory. Of like, what the fuck are you doing? That is actually a really, really apt way of describing this show. These shows are in those two shows are very much the same genre of animated humor. Yeah. The fact that you said big mouth, because I was teetering on like, oh, sometimes the screechy voices are like Teen Titans go. But I'm like, I I don't want to insult it that much. But like big mouth is absolutely 
the right way to categorize this show. Yeah. Yeah. Was that all you had? Because then I'm going to recap stuff. Yeah. Like I'm do I'm actually doing the thing of like, I have more or less one thing per episode. Yeah. Um, I like Bane. Uh, it, I at like this Bane. point. In, yeah. <laughs> the fact that they then, <laughs> the fact that they just steer into the just doofiness from the Nolan verse of this, with this Bane is, is, you know, he, he's, he's up there when we get to valuable characters. Um, it's at this point, I'm having fun with the quips moving a mile a minute. Um, they're talking about some sort of like meditation thing. And Harley says, I haven't started it. I just downloaded the app. And Ivy says, that's the first step. And then just keep moving through the whole episode. I'm like, okay, I'm having fun picking up some of these things at this point in the series. Um, fucking kite man. Uh, I think is actually like, again, in a better show, the choice rings even stronger, but it's this show. So it's like, okay, cool. Kite man. The whole joke is that he's D list, but we're going to put him front and center, uh, and give him like, uh, you know, a sort of, we're going to put up with him. Bro. personality. Okay. Um, when Bane gets upset, being like, I'm going to blow up this bar mitzvah. Um, and just how Bane every single time he's upset, is like, I, I blow it up. Um, is very fun. Uh, I can't remember who Harley's talking to. Uh, it might be Penguin. Penguin says something like, do you think I'm stupid? And she goes, don't you? And I was like, okay, that's actually, that's a good joke. That might be um, Bane. <laughs> it might be Bane. Yeah, she's talking to Bane. <laughs> do you think I'm stupid? Don't you? It's either, and it actually, it might even be Ivy saying it. Um, it's like, don't you think you're stupid? Oh, um, if it's Ivy, then it's absolutely Kite Man. Yeah. If Yeah. Uh, and then Joker trying to just try Joker just doing dumb shit to discredit Harley saying she has HPV. And then Bane says, so do most sexually active adults. Um, the fact that he just chimes in in that way. I'm like, this is great. Um, I selected the beef well in advance. Um, anyway, that's everything that I was enjoying of the show. I liked the banter between the villains. I think that's my like takeaway from this episode. Season one, episode three. So you need a crew. Harley attempts to recruit a criminal crew. Thanks, HBO Max. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like Alan Tudyk Clayface. Um, I think if you're going to have Clayface be a melodramatic actor, Alan Tudyk is a great choice. Um, I When the dude, when the uh, Zeus guy came out, I went, oh, wow, this guy. Because we covered his episode yes. in Batman the Animated Series. I was like, you pulled this fucker out of here? I didn't even know he was relevant in the comics. Jesus Christ. That's such a great thing that we just happened to like get get to the point of Batman the Animated Series where we did actually cover this guy, so we know who this is. Uh, what do they have? What do they have that you don't? And then Ivy from the crowd, a penis. Um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so. And I, I forget what they were referring to. I think it was the conversation between Zeus and Harley. And he was saying something along the lines of like, well, that, like your story doesn't matter. Nobody's going to buy your story. We just, you know, kind of write you into whatever we need you to. And I went, <coughs> I went, <coughs> Scarlet Witch and Multiverse of Madness. <coughs> um, the reporter saying. Deep beleaguered sigh. Yeah. Uh, the reporter, after he's found uh, splayed over uh, his own monument, uh, or no, no, something about, no, no, I think it's about Psycho Man. Um, 
talking about it's like, oh, this villain who is majorly fucked up and will probably get a third chance um, because he's a man. <laughs> I was like, OK, the show the show knows what it's doing in that case. Um, they blur the statues uh, penises every time. And I'm kind of like, all right, that's a choice. Um, and then just the unabashed parody of Wendy Williams. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, that's a really mean joke that I thought of that I'm not, I'm not, not going to say. Um, I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense that if Dr. Psycho is specifically a dick to women that Harley would want him on uh-huh. her crew in I the know. same episode that she kind of taints the whole series a little bit. Yeah. Like, get rid of him, and I'm much happier with the crew. No, it's just a thing of, like, just don't make it his, he's being a dick to women. There's yeah, so that many too. other things of, like, he could just say, like, I don't give a shit about red pandas. And everybody, like, jumps down his throat, like, how do you not care about red pandas? Or something, like, Yeah, because it is the kind of show that can do that. Yeah, anything like that. Ugh. It's just, I... Let's move on. All right. Episode four, finding Mr. Right. Up and coming super villain Harley Quinn goes after a nemesis. I was sort of hoping they would do this with Batgirl instead of Robin. But even then, I don't even kind of fully get why they wouldn't just do canon Damian Wayne. Like, if that would have worked. <laughs> like, this whole thing of like, I'm Gotham's darling. I'm like. That is weird for Damien specifically to do because I definitely I mean, could still it certainly see... is this show's warping of character. Right. Like this is this feels like more akin of... to Teen Titans Go Robin. Well, I mean, Teen Titans Go Robin is, I think, canon dick. Yes, uh, that's true. Be- yeah, because I think there's a. There's an offhand comment, I think, in the regular, the real, the original Teen Titans, where they say something, something Dick or something like that, and it's like a like, oh, so it's Dick Grayson, um, but it's like I could absolutely see Canon Damian Wayne, bloodthirsty, like lethal ass, tired of everyone shit, Damian Wayne, like having a wonderful chemistry and rapport with Harley and like he doesn't want to be her nemesis either and they can both like be like we don't want this and like weirdly work together and they both have like this weird murder streak and they find that they actually do get along but they also like but we don't want to be nemesis yeah yeah, yeah. we don't want to be nemesis yeah 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 yeah. like that could have been funny too I don't really get why they did this whole like you know villain of cats don't dance type approach with Damien. I'm like, people have, these writers have very specific opinions on these characters. I think the joke is that they're like, oh, we need to get Robin. Who can we get to play Robin? Let's just get Jacob Tremblay to play Robin. That's the entire joke. Who is Jacob Tremblay? Luca. And just a bunch of other, like, he's been a child, he's been an actor since he was a a little kid. Oh. I I had no idea that was, like, even a thing. Yeah, so, like, I guarantee you that's half the joke, is that he, like, is a kid and sounds like a kid. Um, anyway, so here's the thing. You say that, but, like, this is actually, in terms of jokes, one of my favorite episodes. Um, I love that King Shark is, Shark is a pacifist. 
Uh, I think that's oh, a good... Oh, is this the introduction of King Shark? Yes. Okay. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to move on. Oh, no, no. I just, um, I, I, I remember, because there's no thing, obviously, in the episode description that, like, gives that away. So I, like, okay. I was genuinely remember, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where King Shark shows up. Because it okay. takes him right. a while to, like, show up. I'm here for the recurring bat fucking joke. I think that's a fun thing for Harley to say. Um, I laughed at when they said that they would have read the article, but it was behind a paywall. Um, I love this Superman <laughs> when they have Lois Lane tied up and Superman just comes in and is just like, yeah, no, the, none of you are a problem for me. And oh, Robin starts up. Oh, hey, good for you, kid. I'm gonna let you take care of this. Um, and then him just, you know, having banter with Lois, who is completely unperturbed in that moment. I'm like, okay, I actually do think this is kind of a, oh, let's have some, let's have a little bit of fun with Superman and Lois. Um, yeah, weirdly, this is one of the more accurate modern day interpretations of Superman. Right. Uh, I just think the line is funny that when Harley goes, oh, you're pregnant? This is going to be so bad for your career, but so good for your Instagram. I just found that funny. Um, I liked that the Wendy Williams parody has a whole, like, Jerry Springer, not the nemesis title, uh, like, lower third. Um, the fact that Batman has bat shark repellent in this episode was fun. Uh, I like, I, anytime Ivy goes on an eco-terrorist rant is fun. Um... And then randomly they cut away to Aquaman watching the episode. And I was like, okay, that's the kind of humor. I'm still on board with it right now. And then the last thing I, that I did find funny was the uh, innuendo with Batman talking to Damien about like, well, you know, your nemesis, when you finally find him, it's got to be the right one. And, you know, you know, your first time can be scary, but like when you know, you'll know. And then at the end, he goes, great. So when can I have sex? And then I'm like, okay, cool. So way to pull off the innuendo. Season one you're really episode. taking the you're really taking you're really taking the air out of my notes here, bud. I don't know what. Look, man, like <laughs> this happens every time. It doesn't matter if I come in guns blazing or if I'm quiet. It's always construed. It's all right. I I am I am going to I'm going to switch sides very soon. Don't worry. You, you wouldn't shut a puppy, would you, Jack? <laughs> That's two episodes in a row you referenced that. Or I shouldn't say it's not two episodes in a row because this is episode 101. Um, oh, fuck We'll off. explain later. <laughs> we'll explain later. It's very important uh, to me. Things happened. Season one, episode five, being Harley Quinn. Harley's crew has to enter her mind to save her. That's not a spoiler. Uh, I think the going into the brain is fun. Uh, I think that like at this point in the show, I'm five episodes in, I'm laughing at a lot of jokes and the fact that they're like, we're going to be silly enough to put everybody in her brain. Let's do it. I'm like, okay, cool. That is, that is a pro to the show of saying we're going to do this and it still being fun. Um, I like whenever Clayface uh, encounters anything in the brain and he says, oh, we're playing by blank movie rules. So like the, oh, it's no, it's being John Malkovich rules. And then later it's like, oh, no, it's we're playing by Eternal Sunshine rules. I'm like, OK, that's fun. Um, there's the Psy who armed bin Laden in the 80s with whatever the fuck her name is that he spends the entire episode with. Um, 
And then Clayface talking about he that they need a Deus Ex Machina, and then King Shark goes, "Sorry that you didn't get the Machina you were talking about." I was like, "Okay, that's funny." Um, that's about it. This does feel a touch weird to me, because like, why would Harley assume she was pushed? Her whole thing was being devoted to Joker. Like, wanting to no longer be devoted doesn't necessarily equate to repressing that it was, at one point, what she wanted. Like, I, I mean, feel like... I think I people... Th- I, memory is very... Memory, memory is very pliable. But this is interesting once you get further into the show and you get to the whole thing with her dad. And I'm like, of all the things to repress, I think that was a easier thing to do. Of, like... Oh, yeah, I remember when I totally beefed my gymnastics thing. Oh, I've always, like, had a chip on my shoulder after that. And then, turns out, she repressed the fact that her dad literally told her to take a dive. That maybe would have been more of a thing of, like, yeah, I can get on board with that. But, But TJ, it's DC property. They have to honor the Joker's boner. So, season one, episode six. (laughs) did i hit the nail on the head i mean that nails a definitely a lot thicker into the wood all right (laughs) i don't think that's an expression that's gonna catch on (laughs) it's a little clunky you could workshop it oh this actually works out trev you get this episode (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're a damn good cop, Jim Gordon. Clayface loses his sentient arm in a heist gone wrong. I don't like this version of Gordon. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Do you have do you, do you not have more? You hinted that, that Oh do I do. Have, okay. I do. Um <laughs> this was this was the episode I referenced earlier with King Shark being like, uh most people don't let me be who I am. How? Um, I, I found the hand enjoyable, the Gordon, I could take or leave that hand could have been paired with a lot of characters and it still have been fun. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, pairing the hand with kite man would have maybe been funny. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, (laughs) when Clayface goes into the police station and goes, they've kidnapped Bruce Springsteen. And they're like, we're coming for you, boss. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's cops. Um, this must be where you fuck the bats. Uh, great, like great delivery in that moment. Um, I actively dislike any Psycho Man storyline. You so when they go back dislike? to yeah, when they go back okay. to his, his when they go back to Giganta's house and he talks with his son, I'm like, I don't, I don't like Psycho Man, so I don't care about any of this side plot. This is the first of two times where very notably. Dr. Psycho isn't there doing a very clear B-plot, and it's just like this weird, like, I do feel like you could be focusing more on this A-plot. This B-plot kind of feels very odd and superfluous and doesn't need to be here, and it's just weird padding. Excuse me, for time. Oh, is it it Dr. Psycho? I feel like Psycho Man's a Marvel character. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, it's Dr. Psycho. Whatever. That's a pointed thing in the show where he has to keep reminding people that he's a doctor. <laughs> but I, I mean, just the fact wrong. that you don't respect him, I mean, it adds to it. There you go. 
season one, episode seven, The Line. Harley breaks the Queen of Fables out of prison, which isn't even accurate. Um, Harley saying, I feel like it's a lack of affordable housing that's destroying Gotham, but... Um, yes. Uh, when the and then the only other the only other two other notes were just laugh lines of when the when the fairy tale mouse uh, gets cut up by lasers um, and somebody says if it wasn't lasers it was gonna be lung cancer um, and that uh, I just found that funny because the rat smokes um, and then <laughs> something about Clayface had a a repitching of Fuller House and he goes not more people smaller house i was like okay that's funny but that's it that's all i got uh was this episode seven why isn't ivy a lesbian why the fuck is kite man still here she's bi and like if you don't like, realize that that's going to be the plot of the next two seasons then you're no, wrong no. <laughs> i know it's just a thing it's a thing of like i'm not here for bi erasure that's that's fine but for specifically poison ivy it's weird to ever see her like remotely interested in a man because like i feel like most interpretations of ivy i've seen is like one very into plants but two very against men (laughs) so it's like of all the characters to just straight up just be a lesbian feel like ivy is the most obvious because like i feel like in comics especially nowadays pretty much everyone is probably bi or pan a little bit like those very strict heterosexual lines are very much blurred now and everyone that's cool and a good person is just fine with it and they roll with it like yeah fine okay but like here it's it's also it's also just kite man of like of all the characters also it's just weird that it's kite man he's a nice guy whatever no he's not <laughs> he is not he is not a nice guy tm he no or maybe he is a nice guy tm specifically because i've never once looked at this guy and went oh i mean well you know she could do a lot worse and he's a good no no, I've looked at him and went, I mean, that guy's kind of a douche. He's a little bit of a douche. So whatever, uh, whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's not even like a cool, it's not even like they did the thing where like the goth girl meets a goth boy and like, it's the whole thing of like, I think they literally do that in Teen Titans at one point, the Blackfire episode where they go to a club and Raven's like, this is stupid. And she meets a boy and he's like, yeah, this is stupid. And they just kind of look at each other like, you want to talk about how stupid this is together? Yeah, totally. And they go up. <laughs> like, it's not even that thing that I maybe could have gone on board with. Like, I'm sure there's some villain and Batman's rogues gallery that can do that with poison ivy or like honestly even if it was Catwoman I probably would have yeah I probably would have been on board with it just to be like yeah sure just I mean just lean into the ship just lean into the shipping of like the three what is it the sirens of Gotham uh Gotham City Sirens I think is like Harley poison ivy and Catwoman 
Like, just, just lean into it. But, like, Kite Man is weird to me. I think it's just specifically how they did his character. It's not that it's Kite Man alone. It's just the character. I think at the end of the day, the reason Kite Man's here is because comedians get attached to their jokes. Um, yeah. That's it. Uh, episode 8. L-O-D-R-S-V-P. Harley gets a party invite from the Legion of Doom. But why doesn't Ivy just tell Harley what Luther is up to? Why is it so bad to be a member and just not actively participate? This all seems like really super forced just to have conflict. Yeah. No, I figured that's what you were going to say. So, um... Calling uh, Aquaman the Dickens of the Deep. Uh, shark genitalia is very hard to see. Um, Until it's Scarec- not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Scarecrow saying, uh, you know, we have everybody here. Roger Goodell. Oh, and we stand for the anthem here. Uh, I was like, great, cool. Um, then uh, Luther saying, that is a sex shop down the street for which we, who, uh, for whom we, with whom we are currently in a protracted legal battle. Um I just like Aquaman going off the rails when uh, they talk about the saltwater fish in the chlorinated pool. Um, and then again, right during your forced conflict moment where Ivy's kind of like go, like going home and Harley's just like, you're stupid plants. And she goes, you know, they have names. I was like, OK, that's good. That's fine. That's it. Uh, season one, episode nine, a seat at the table. Harley must now spend time with Joker at the Legion of Doom. Uh, Bane is just great. Um, <laughs> then Bane talking about explosions and then, uh, Luther saying, I don't know what explosions are, Bane, but we have explosives. Um, and then Harley talking about I forget the context of the scene. Harley says, I knew that. I know that tree. He was a dick before 9-11 and he's a dick now. Um, that's it. <laughs> I'm that's so all I got. fucking Joker bullshit. Yep. Agreed. Ironically, it almost as though it's, it's almost as if it would have been better for him not to have been on the show. I mean, you know, what? or to come yeah. much later. You save it for later. You, um, y- yep. I'm 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 gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Okay. All right. Yep. Another pin. Episode ten. Bensonhurst. Harley heads back to her parents' house in Bensonhurst. Okay. 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 You know, I I. It's it's tricky for me because I never want to feel like I'm picking on people, and I also really hate when dudes decide to specifically pick on women it just in general because it's always got this like vibe of like but are you just saying that because it's a woman and like and you know specific people in hollywood yes i do think get an unfair rap for the longest time that was kirsten stewart's like whole thing was everyone associated her with twilight and everyone said she couldn't act and i'm glad that she's got her renaissance and she has spencer and all these different projects that finally people are are she's being validated all of that being said, fucking Kaylee Kawako, where the fuck was this accent for literally the entire show? What no, I think it's fuck? a choice. 
I think it's a choice. I know it's a choice to not do Why the accent the entire show for, for her benefit. Show? No, no, no. I think they're doing the thing where when you go home, I know your speech what they're doing, change. Trevor. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing for an actor to be like, can I do I can I not do the really aggressive accent in this version? It would just be much easier for me. Not for Harley Quinn. It's fine. You know what? You know what? You know what? A lot of things can be fine, Trevor. A lot of things can be fine. The Phantom Menace could be fine. Okay. All right. Because I just think I just think all things considered, the stakes are so much lower here. We neither of us care about this show. <laughs> the stakes are so low. <laughs> let's 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 pump the brakes here. The stakes are so low. <laughs> It's a, I, I know this is a show where we review things, but it's also a show that needs to be entertaining, Trevor. Like, Sure. <laughs> I just want you to be okay. That's all. I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you missed the boat on that one. <laughs> sure. Because um, I liked that her accent came around when her parents were there because I, I acknowledged it earlier in the run. I was like, See, oh, they're not doing it. It comes back when she's around Joker and when she's around her parents. Like, and I, and I understood that and I got it. And I will stick a pin in this because it's for things that are more relevant later. Sure. Bane's mug says caffeine is my reckoning. Uh, like that. And, I literally have a note that said having her dad redeemed is kind of not worth anything. And then the next note is, ah, there it is. I actually like, I, I, I really didn't like this episode. I was like, I could give two shits about her dad. This kind of doesn't feel like the most relevant thing to be talking about right now. Like it feels like we're stepping sidestepping. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely padding to not to get Ivy away so they can do what they want to be the end game of the season, which is not a really good story anyway. So I'm like, okay, I don't really care about this episode. I have, I have formally switched sides uh, on this show at this point. Do you want to just combine these last three? Uh, and you're just going to say what the actual plot of the whole thing is. Cause I mean, I just, because I don't know why they've done this thing of like, it looks like they're trying to pass these off as three separate episodes. It's like a three part finale. It's like, yeah, pretty much. It's all the same storyline. So, this is simultaneously episode 11, Harley Quinn Highway, episode 12, Devil Snare, and episode 13, The Final Joke. Basically. The Queen of Fables returns, sucks in the Justice League to her book, betrays Harley and company because obviously, definitely obviously, uh, partners up with the Joker and then helps the Joker and the Legion of Doom take over Gotham and then Harley and company have to stop them. And also the Scarecrow used Ivy's like DNA to make a specific fear toxin and did, like make all the trees evil and now... Ivy can't control the trees because those are the only plants that I guess are around, even though there's grass everywhere, but whatever. I'm not here to... <sighs> I Ivy dies in the second to last one. Ivy dies for no real reason. <laughs> yep. 
So, so okay. It's a lot. So this is where the quips definitely have lost their touch. Um, you know, you get moments where like, oh, the assistant from the psycho moment uh, where he's telling the wife, oh, he's cheating on you with the assistant and it says her name. And then the person that King Shark is ha- helping with IT problems is the same name. It's the same person. Um, yeah. I don't know why when we went into Ivy's mind this time, the tree getting chipped kind of made me cackle a little bit. Um, we're Empire Strikes backing it. Um, but I absolutely hate size transformation into a car. Uh, it was gross to look at and watch and him being the car just didn't do anything for me. Um, just the, the like the fact that we turned the entire highway into a Hot Wheels track out of nowhere. Um, like, yeah, sure. They referenced her getting a highway named after her, but this is like we kind of like it turned bent. into Looney Tunes. Very yeah, quickly. it's like it's like, you know, you said in the Harley Quinn movie that it's like, oh, she operates by like comedy principles. But this is this is too much. This is bending the world extra much to just have that scene. We've already jumped the shark and it, we're in episode yes. 11 of season one. Um, yes. And to not take credit for a thing that I didn't say, that was Jay that did say that. Yes. yes. Um, Clayface faking his death is annoying. Gordon being trigger happy is like a half-hearted criticism of police brutality, but it's just full on dumping a character. Um, uh, the plot progression, it's like, like the episode 12 where, uh, like where Queen of Fables actually comes back and like seals the Justice League away. And then we just go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. It's just like, this is a plot progression fever dream. Um, and even then I'm looking at a lot of the things that I wrote down as laugh lines thinking now thinking like, actually, these aren't that funny. So I'm not even gonna say them now. Um, the one thing is like when they're trying to get the wolf hurt that trying to get queen of fables wolf to calm down. And when she's in the grandma suit and Clayface turns into the other wolf and then psycho goes, why is the wolf Jewish? And he goes, I took a swing. That was funny. Um, and like, of course you kill Ivy because she's the only character worth a damn. Yep. Like, of course, this show would kill Ivy because she's the only character worth a damn. Yep. Um, Literally, a lot of the finale episodes revolve around nerfing Ivy. <laughs> right. Uh, now, okay. So probably the one funny thing in this truly funny thing in this entire thing which is has been like taken out of context and shown around the internet is when scarecrow unmasks batman and joker like loses his shit because he's like i didn't want to know you ruined all the fun of it he's just some dude with parent parental issues like that's that's good that's a good moment and then when he goes back to his face and he goes where's my goddamn electric car bruce that's funny that little chunk is funny, but knowing that Ivy is going to get revived through the, you know, foreshadowing, boring. Um, like the story being told didn't really do anything for me. There's only one major relationship and it's clear they're going to get together later. Um, everyone else in the crew is just bits and like, I'd like to go deeper with each crew member. Um, like once we went down the path of like Ivy and Harley's friendship being on the rocks so they could be reunited, the whole show loses any appeal that it was standing on. It's very, it's very formula. It's very formulaic once it starts doing that bullshit. 
like you could just it's episode nine is very specifically where well i mean it's the snowball starts with episode eight because again the forced conflict of like oh harley doesn't tell uh sorry ivy doesn't tell harley and you know it's just a it's just a thing of like Ivy, you really can't just join the league and then just not do anything. You can't just like take one for I like take one for Harley because then I'm sorry if Ivy just joins the league to appease Harley and then Harley gets distracted by the Joker and leaves her high and dry. That's a bet. That's a much better way of doing it. Like. Because then Har- then Ivy has a genuine point of like, I literally did something I didn't want to do just to help you, just to appease you, and you can't even just go out of your way to do one job with me. I've helped you with all this shit over all these months, trying to get you over the Joker, and the first time he comes back, you relapse? Are you fucking shitting me? Like, that would have made more sense. It's... Uh... But even then, I still don't like that Joker is such a pivotal thing this deep into season one. It's almost as though what would have made the show stand out would have been the subversion that the stakes have nothing to do with superpowers or the superhero dynamic. Yes. Like what you're saying in lining up the Harley Ivy conflict for real instead of it being a now we have to save her moment is like. The like the thing that would have made the show stronger would have been focusing on the relationships and getting us to really love the entirety of this crew and every intricate relationship they're in. And then also that the absurdity of the whole thing is that everyone else in this really crazy world, even though Harley and Ivy and all of them are themselves crazy, that everyone else in this world is just a little bit more alienated because they're all about that superhero dynamic. And like the thing that Harley's actually changing is the idea that she has to be the, you know, like the Legion of doom. It could have been a very early realization of like, no, I don't have to be like them to be on the top of my game, but the show doesn't do that. Also, here's an idea because I mean, at this point we're basically in notes at this point, like, yep. Also, here's an idea. If you want to do a thing where it ultimately climaxes in saving Ivy and you want to take Harley full circle, hey, how about you knock out Joker much earlier? You oust him from the Legion of Doom a little bit earlier, put him on the outs, like disenfranchise him, whatever. And then like Scarecrow does his plan that involves like taking Ivy and Harley now has to work with the Joker but is abs actually over the Joker. Like, she knows how to play him now. Demonstrates that, look, she knows what buttons to press. She knows exactly what to do. And now she's fully over him. And the second they save Ivy, she, like, fucking shoots him in the chest and, like, pushes him over a cliff or something like that. Because it's a very definitive statement of, like, Harley is done with this chapter we're not doing the joker shit anymore but also you don't shoot him in the head you shoot him in the chest you knock him over a cliff he falls into darkness 
And that's like the most comic book thing in the world of like, that motherfucker isn't dead. Like, so you well, have it in the back pocket. They do this whole plot line with season two, which is like creative, but like in the context of where we left off is only going to exacerbate Joker's presence is when he comes out of the vat normal again. There's a whole plot line in season two that I've seen clips of where he's just a normal guy and he's like nice. Like he's a nice person and then he becomes Joker again. And so it's like a whole I, thing. I, like, I don't care. This is just has the, this has the vibe. It has the vibes of like, oh, it's ostensibly, it's by name, a show about a woman. But it's also kind of a show about a guy anyway. And it's like, oh my God, this is what the, this is what the film Birds of Prey got a hundred thousand percent right. Like Joker is nowhere to be found. Never shows his face one time except in animated form at the very beginning. The story is about fucking Harley Quinn and these other women. That's the way it should be. Like, and I think this show would have just really benefited by focusing more on these other characters. Like, actually develop the rapport and the dynamic between the crew build Harley and Ivy's, you know, relationship over time because it does kind of escalate very quickly in that first episode where it's just like, yeah, they're best friends and they give lip service to the whole like, well, yeah, Harleen Quinzel was the only doctor that ever got through to me, yada, yada, yada. But it's a thing of like, okay, but you could have like done a little bit more to just, I don't know. I feel like it goes from zero to 60 and it stays at 60 for like the rest of the show when it could have built built more like I don't like my overarching I have a couple of overarching things for the show one and it's gonna make me these are things that are gonna make me sound like a broken record which I'm always scared of doing on this show I'm very like cognizant and self-aware of like I know I say similar things over and over week to week I apologize but some things in media just keep doing these patterns. So unfortunately, I do have to keep bringing these things up of like, I think the show would have just been better if it if it was taken more seriously, if it took this shit more seriously. Like, not to say that the tone has to be serious, but if it took it more seriously that like, this is Harley's coming out show. This is a show about Harley Quinn. And we're going to actually tell the story about how Harley comes into her own and, you know, is her own person now, doesn't need the Joker. We're going to make a definitive statement. She does not need the Joker. And we're just going to tell this very specific side story sincerely. And you can still be kooky and crazy with that. Birds of Prey demonstrated that perfectly. And I, that's another thing with the show of like, that. I mentioned Big Mouth earlier. Yeah, this show is just another adult animated show where it just feels like people stand around and just make jokes or make references. And there's not a lot of creativity in how that happens. When I would think a show about Harley fucking Quinn would be off the fucking rails animation-wise. Like, it needs to be crazy. 
it needs to have like a bunch of crazy angles and shots and be like cut at like a high like high energy and you know like over exaggerated facial expressions like it basically needed to be fucking teen titans the original teen titans where it has like anime inspiration like things are exaggerated things are get crazy every now and again like it's weird that teen titans has more of that energy than literally the harley quinn show because this is something that a live action movie got way more right and i'm baffled as to how that could happen when you have the benefit of animation it's just it's just and also yeah very predictably i thought the pacing was very fast in every episode i thought the pacing yeah. was like breakneck and i'm like why it's just dialogue <laughs> like it's like the editor got paid per cut <laughs> it's just like what I don't know. Um, do you have anything big? No, I've kind of I've kind of peppered everything I had into the episode guide. It's that while I was ready in the moment when I started the show to like have a scoop of Harley Quinn TV show ice cream, and I was like, "This is great! Like this is going by so fast, and I'm I'm liking living in this DC world." It's too much ice cream. The show is way too much ice cream. We have tummy it, ache. Like, it makes, it makes you feel bad. Yeah, you have a tummy ache by the end of it. And so, like, I will never understand, like, the energy drink-fueled pace at which you keep an entire season going. Like, if you want to start at 0 to 60, then maybe we hit a speed bump and you slow down a little bit. Because you're like, maybe you grab people with 0 to 60 and then you just like, okay, cool. We're going to take a trip through this side thing and it's actually really important and you're going to get a lot of character work out of it and a lot of relationship stuff out of it and then boom, okay, cool, we're going to go back to 60 and then we're going to do, like, it doesn't do any of that. Right, like, if anything, the Bensonhurst episode could have been well executed that way if the whole show is, like, crazy and all off the rails and it looks, like, insane and then we get to Bensonhurst and it all comes down and it's like very muted and it's very like much slower. Harley is noticeably less Harley. She falls back into like a daughter role very seamlessly and it almost seems like, yeah, like potentially she could just stay here and like fade into obscurity. Like hell, maybe she just fully dyes her hair all the way blonde again and just completely, like, reverts until she's dragged back into that world and then has to re-embrace Harley Quinn instead of Harleen Quinzel. And her and her inner monologue have, like, an understanding of, like, there are times for Harleen and there are times for Harley. Of, like, there are so many other ways this show could have gone. And it also makes me think back to being Harley Quinn... Of just, like, there are a lot of things with fucking being Harley Quinn when they go into her brain. Of, like, the concept of going into Harley Quinn's mind is so rich with potential. And you just make it a white museum? Really? It's just a museum? Like, well, for any part of number it. of... I, I know, but, like... Notably, they it only gets, like, weird and trippy, like, when things are in peril. Which is odd or 
Hell, if you wanted to do the White Museum thing, go full Harleen with it then. Make it a point that, like, you would think that Harley's mind is, like, a clusterfuck of all this fuckery. But in actuality, like, Harley Quinn is still Harleen Quinzel a little bit. So you could even just have, like, Harleen Quinzel, like, having a therapy session or, you know, and that's... And they have to realize, like, oh, this isn't a version of Harley. This is just Harley. We found her. This is her. I I mean, I'm surprised at how well-balanced she is. And she, like, you know, correctly, like, reads every single one of them for filth and just, like, completely psychoanalyzes all of them. And they go, like, okay, we need the real Harley back. And that could have been the whole thing or just, I don't... There's, there's so many things that this show could have done, could have been. There's all this potential, and it just doesn't... It feels like... I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It feels like a just a vehicle for Kaylee Kawako, which she doesn't fucking need at this point. Well, and, and also, you know what it feels like to me? And what a better version of the show is is this is a DC villains show. This is the villains kooky comedy version of the Justice League. But we just so happen to be having Harley Quinn as our main character. I mean, I would maybe be fine if it was more Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like, and you didn't do like Dr. Psycho and Clayface and maybe you keep keep King Shark because King Shark's great. No, but, but like, what, I, what I mean about that is that like, I'm not talking about in theory. I'm talking about the way that the writers are conceptualizing what's important and what jokes yeah. they want to pursue in the world. It's just, Oh, look at all these fun villains. Let's give them rapports. Yeah. And also like Harley's got, uh, the plots revolve around Harley. Yeah. Like I, I get that. And I think they do. It's, it's very clear. This is the lane they want to be in. They want to be in the lane where they make all these meta jokes and they make everything corporate Everything is corporate all the time, and they poke fun at corporate bullshit, like the whole image reformation thing that Harley goes to in, like, the third episode, I think. It's just, like, that's all the things they want to do with this show. They constantly want to, like, make everything Monsters, Inc. Of, like, yeah, but, like, what if the Legion of Doom was, like, super, you know corporate and like super like like the office almost and like that's like their main thing with everything they approach it's just like it's apparent that that's what they want to do but it's weird to do that in a harley quinn show like i think i agree with you i think they very much just want to do a league of supervillains show they want to do a legion of doom show and they're weirdly positioning Harley as, like, the vessel for that. And it's like, you could have just done... You could have just done a Harley Quinn show, brah. Or you could have... If that's what you want to do, then fuck it. Like, do a Legion of Doom show then. And just right. f- focus on, like... Fucking... And just have Harley and Ivy be a relationship that you care about in that. Right. It, because it's the only relationship worth a damn in the whole show. It's the only relationship worth a damn in the show. <laughs> That's, I think, also why I'm so 
bothered by like why they took so fucking long to pair them. Cause I'm like, it's very obvious. It's very obvious that they should be a thing. And I hate this office bullshit, this Abbott Elementary bullshit of arbitrarily stretching out the time in which you pull the trigger on it. I'm like, no, just do it. (laughs) Just fucking do it, actually. (laughs) Like, I'm not here to just wait around while you stall and position Ivy with fucking Kite Man. If anything, Harley with Kite Man kite man would have maybe been funny but like it's just a why there's no i don't know any point to stretching this shit out it's it mm. i again i don't want to be mean and i don't want to pick anybody but i feel i need to talk about kaylee kwako at this point sure I don't know why she's I don't know why she's Harley Quinn. It's weird. I mean, I will say this. If they did Tara Strong from the Injustice game the entire show, I couldn't have watched it. Like the ba- For the, the entire the, show, the, the, yeah. The, yeah, the 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 child pitch Harley Quinn voice, I can't do for a whole show. Um and so like the the reality is somewhere between these two. But if you're telling me there's no voice actress currently working in main rotation, you're telling me there's not a Laura Bailey, Gray Delisle Griffin, there's not a fucking Ashley Johnson, there's not a, there's not anybody else other than Tara Strong that can just put on a Harley Quinn accent. And look, look, I like the dynamic of the accent coming and going. I do. I like that maybe you start the show with the accent really thick and then as the show goes on it gets less and less and just becomes the voice actress's like main voice or it's just like it starts with like the hi Mr. J and it just like it's really 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 more subdued so it's still the accent but it's very clearly a more modern version of the accent and then yeah, you get an episode like Benson Hurst, and then it kind of gets more elevated because she's back in like the origin, her origin story. But like the way it is now, this is just Kaylee Kawako. And that's objectively distracting for me. It's distracting that it's Kaylee Kawako. Because here's the thing. We all have known the thing of, like, why don't you just get more voice actors to do, like, animated roles? Why do you keep getting celebrities? As much as some of these celebrities may work sometimes, I don't like Alan Tudyk as Joker. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Maybe it's Clayface, but not as the fucking Joker. It's just, it's weird. It feels inconsistent. I don't get a read for his overall character. It's just distracting. But with Kaylee Kawako, it's this weird specific thing because some of you might not be able to relate, but my introduction to Kaylee Kawako was not the Big Bang Theory. My introduction to Kaylee Kawako was Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. Oh, yeah. So I know that Kaylee Kawako is a voice actress. That's literally where I was introduced to her. So it's not, this is not a thing of don't cast celebrities. 
it's a thing of, look, if you're going to cast Kaylee Kawako, have her do more than just her regular fucking speaking voice. I hated that show. I, <laughs> I actually liked it because I'm weird and I was hyper as a child. And it I don't I didn't like energy. Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers was just not funny to me. Um, <laughs> I think I was more so interested in his voice dynamic because it always like fluctuated really drastically. And I never got a pinpoint on his voice. And I was like, that's really interesting. And now all these years later as a voice actor, it's like, yeah, that tracks. Um, <laughs> so... It's just because, like, again, I, I think don't you said mean, it. I don't mean to pick on Kaylee Kawako. I don't mean to. At the same time, Kaylee Kawako, I think almost a decade ago, I think many, many, many years ago, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I literally, back then, was like, why? For Big Bang Theory? What millions the, of people watch Big Bang Theory? Spoiler alert for if we ever make the mistake of talking about Big Bang Theory on this podcast, Penny is like almost a nothing character in that show. And I find it very unfortunate. I find it very unfortunate that Penny doesn't really get like things to actually do a lot of the time. They make her the girl next door. And then they waffle back and forth between, oh, she the, she's a tomboy from, like, Kansas, I think is where she's from, uh, versus, oh, she's a girly girl, versus, oh, she's not into this nerd stuff, versus, oh, she spent enough time with the guys to where she's absorbing the nerd stuff. And they ping pong between these four very opposite things to I, where- I don't think I don't think you should waste your time talking about, talking about I, Big Bang Theory either, look, bud. I just I th- I just think it's relevant because it's like people tend to be like, "Oh yeah, Kaylee Kawako is really great in the Big Bang Theory." And I'm like, "But why do you th- why do you say that?" Because I mean, maybe we should watch The Flight Attendant and see and see how we feel maybe. after that because that's a uh, yeah. <laughs> like I look I mean, let me not say I'm not opposed to this because I don't do well with like dramas and thrillers and suspense. So I, I'm not saying we, I want to watch the flight attendant, but I'm saying if somebody came up to me and was like, no, she's great in the flight attendant. I'd be more willing to be like, yeah, I get that. Sure. Because I think that's more of a vehicle to show that she's a genuinely good actress, but it's stuff like big bang theory. And this that's weird to say that for, cause I'm like, I don't know what Kaylee Kawako really brings to Harley Quinn. It's just a voice. That's why the Benson Hurst episode is so odd. Because I'm like, oh, so you can kind of do this. Well, then, because my main criticism of you for the past nine episodes has been, it's just Kaylee Kawako and I don't buy her as Harley Quinn. Now you're telling me you could have done this accent the whole time. And I'm like, I would have much, I would have bought you earlier. I would have bought you in the first episode if you had started with this. But I I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want to, I wanted to like this show. I wanted to like this show so bad. I was the one that pitched it. <laughs> it's because of me that this show is even on the, on the podcast right now. 
And you know what that means, TJ. You just see me pull a lever that lowers you by via a chain into a pit of lava. Because um, <laughs> this is twice now. This is twice now you pick something that we are probably going to reject. Oh, I don't even think it's twice. I think this is like three or four. <laughs> <laughs> All of my picks seem to end, end up in the rotation. I don't know. That's because um, you're stubborn and you know it. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, Stuff like so we, we still got to do our place would be gone if I had any say. <laughs> we got we're, we gotta we gotta do our thing. We gotta do our our yeah. our four things. Yeah. So episode. Oh oh that thing. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Um, <laughs> what do you want? Oh, to start he got with? lost in the sauce. <laughs> let's do episodes. Uh, let's do most valuable episode. Highest rated episode. Or highest rated episode. Every, we do this every time. Sorry. <laughs> it's, no, because I'm usually the one that does it. That's why I'm like. <laughs> um, God, what is the highest rated episode? For me, it's between two and four. Like, the bar mitzvah was fun. And the getting the, and the nemesis thing was fun for me. Those were the ones that I had the most like genuinely. I look back at those jokes and still think they're funny. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I'm looking at these episodes and I'm remembering every episode. I don't think I have a highest. You got to pick one there, dude. Come on, man. I, I'm not even trying can't to be just mean. Be... I just the closest. Well, then you have, I... Well, I know you're not, but you got to try to be nice. <laughs> the closest maybe I get. Ironically, you said two and four. I think between one and three maybe but all right but like three has the weird hypocrisy thing of like oh we're gonna call zeus an asshole but we're just fine with dr psycho so it kind of weirdly breaks the episode a little bit so i can't say that's the highest episode and the first one there's just nothing really stand out in it it's just kind of the most fine, I guess. Which is weird. Harley Quinn's a weird show where, like, I think weirdly the first episode might be the most solid. Which is certainly saying something. Um, Lois. I want every time you say certainly saying something in this podcast to then us have a, a glossary of like, what is TJ saying? It's saying when he says it's certainly saying something. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a, a ticker and I was going to be like, no, 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 I think the ticker is for genuinely. It, that is correct. Yeah. All right. Least how lowest rated. I mean, fucking. God, it's like, what do you focus on? Right? <laughs> because I think Bensonhurst, because you're a damn good cop. Jim Gordon is just like, it's just pounding a very weird interpretation of jo Jim Gordon into the dirt. So you could argue that's it. Being Harley Quinn is just like, you could have just done way more with this premise, and I don't think you did. Also, they really dragged their feet with burning their corpses to the point of farce, to where it's just like, all right, like, come on. Episode 9, 
is the whole relapse with the Joker that I'm just not here for, and the forced conflicts of everybody is just really overstaying their welcome. Bensonhurst is just everything you've said already, of just, like, it's a weird sidetrack, it doesn't matter, like, ultimately, it's just waste fucking time, and it doesn't even really build Harley that well, because I don't, there is a better way to do this, and then there's the three-part finale that I just never, I was never invested in, I just didn't care by this point, so, I mean, I guess nine, I guess episode nine, be a seat at the table because it's the one I skipped through the most and it's the one I'm the most it's the most formulaic for me um I I guess I suppose okay most valuable character say it with me poison poison ivy, ivy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's poison ivy I mean it's not hard to do a good lancer like she's just yeah doing a character like fucking Raven of just like, oh, I get to say everything that's common sense. I get to point out all the like inconsistencies and shit. I get to just say that stupid things are stupid and have a really cool power and attitude. Yeah. It's really easy to get those characters right. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Well, and also arguably she's the only one rooting for yeah. We're not really just, rooting for Harley. We're rooting for Ivy. Right. She's just objectively the best person. She's just objectively the best character. Yeah, like clearest head, uh, like most un, most healthy in her like baseline of relationships and how she's willing to be treated. Like she's the most she's already grown. Where does Har- where does Ivy have to grow? I but think, um, I think also that's where the kite man stuff does rub up against me as well. She's very secure. She's very like confident and knows what the fuck she wants. So one, why the fuck would she care about what anybody else thinks about her banging kite man? And also why does she lower her standards to fucking bang kite man? Like, (laughs) it's just like, I feel like this character is just too confident to do any of this. It's weird. I, eh, I don't know. And sometimes confident people get wrapped up in, in disasters. That that happens. That's where I'm like, if it was more of a thing of like Ivy is consciously using Kite Man for his dick and was very like upfront about it and didn't care who she told about that. And Kite Man was delusionally like, like, yeah, this is my girlfriend. We're dating. It would have been like maybe better. All right. See... Now, least valuable character is tricky for me. Because, again, uh-huh. much like the lowest rated episode, there's a bunch of different ways you could come at this. Like, what do so you mean? So let's do it. Let's rip him to shreds. <laughs> I'll tear it to pieces. Because uh, <laughs> um, it's like, personally, I think it was kind of funny at first. But I think the Clayface shtick kind of wears out its welcome after a while for me. Like, for you, like, your feelings when he, like, pretends to die of, like, okay, let's move on. is like, kind of how I felt mostly after every episode after he was first introduced. Of just, like, 
all right, we get it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but then there's Dr. Psycho, who, yeah, just doesn't make sense on this specific team. And, like, weirdly, he's a voice of reason a lot. And I'm like, what are you doing with this character? Like, what is the dynamic of this character? <laughs> Because sometimes he's all about saving Harley. Sometimes he's like, fuck Harley. And sometimes he's like, we have to save Ivy because Ivy's the best. And sometimes he's like, fuck Ivy. And then she turns into a giant. He's like, this does it for me. And that's actually pretty consistent. But. And then you have Psy, which I'm just like, look, I love Jason Alexander. Any excuse to have Jason Alexander in this fucking show. Great. I'm here for it. But at the same time. It's like Psy was the most unnecessary part of this, like, fucking well, thing. Well, and he's a part of her comics. Sure. And that's clearly why he's here. But yes, I, I actually actively dislike Psy Then I think of more of a, like, weird, terrible paternal figure made a, might have been a more of a way to go. Like how they did the guy in uh, Birds of Prey, where, like you know, they have a certain relationship that is never, like, fully needed to be expounded on because it's not that big of a deal. Um, God, but then there's the Joker. Yep. And the Joker just so much overstays his fucking welcome in this show. And then there's Gordon. And it's just like, okay, what are you fucking doing with this version of Gordon? So, honestly, I'm going to say it's a toss-up between Joker and Gordon based on your definition. Based on your definition of what you value as least valuable character is, like, if it's a character that is, like, get off my fucking screen right now, it's Gordon. If it's a character of just, like, you're the weakest part of the show and you actively drag it down, I think it's the Joker. There you go. And then if it's just, ah, you're not the best, it's everyone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, almost everyone else. Yeah. I'm really glad that Harley still like is still good enough to not qualify in this category. Um, but certainly I mean, not near good enough to qualify as most valuable. It's li- it's, it's literally the thing of like, you're not good, but you're not the worst thing. You're just in the middle. And it's like for the main character of literally you're the title character of the fucking show. That's actually really bad. Yeah. (laughs) That you're this middle ground, but also special shout out to King shark because King shark was actually like the tone of King shark is what I wanted more of. I think of just like, yeah, that if all of this stuff with King shark typically tends to work, (laughs) um, and then Batman was just such a nothing Batman. I felt like this was just, they took all the shit from Lego Batman. They took all the shit from fucking every YouTube video that's ever been made about Batman. They just was like, here's the most smoothed edge kind of like what you'd expect of just a quick Batman, fast and dirty, just like here, just take it. It's literally the cornflakes of Batman. Like, fine. So, we've already done our notes, so I think that's basically it, right? We just gotta say, the thing you always forget that we have to do. 
Well, I didn't is reject. I didn't move on. (laughs) Okay. I was just saying, I was making sure of like, is there anything else you wanted to cover? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I think it's a foregone conclusion from Emily. Let you go first. I mean, I have no opinions strong enough. I have no convictions in the positive strong enough for me to say I'd like to keep it. So I'm fo- totally fine with saying that I reject this show. I reject Harley Quinn. There we go. Yeah, so done. We're, we're done. Jesus. Oh, I was so worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that this would be like a very contentious, like TJ doesn't know how to have fun type of like... No, you rat bastard. I'm keeping it. How dare you? Like, kind of, uh, okay. <sighs> no, we're fine. Okay. I'm good. I don't have to do more. So, with that being said, I'm very sorry. I know it's Women's History Month. I mean, I really even if we like it. Even if we did, th- like, more, there's only three seasons, and I don't trust HBO Max to even try for a fourth. So, like... There's nothing much left to say about the show. It can't really go where it needs to go because I know how each season ends. So I'm like, all right, it's we're done. We're good. Yeah, also, um, Jesus Christ, HBO Max is always the biggest fucking headache every time I have to use it. Like, it would just randomly start stuttering anytime I tried to watch it on my iPad, which is the much easier way to do it. And so, like... It's just the we did say in one other episode that like I think maybe the episode descriptions are the best on HBO Max, and then this ep- and then this fucking thing happens and like well, it turns out maybe the episode descriptions aren't that great on HBO Max. It's just like fucking HBO Max, get your goddamn shit together, and that's not even touching the new DCU. That's not even touching all the, like, bullshit with all your other film and media franchises. That's not even touching the rampant bullshit you pr- you do with your video games and just the awful company that you are. Like, HBO, Warner Brothers, like, fuck you and also get your shit together. Jesus Christ. Ah. <sighs> But anyway, with all that said, it's time for the greatest part of today's segment. Today's episode. I fucked it up. I fucked it. God damn it, I fucked it. And that's as good of a and that's what that's as that's anything. what that's what Ivy said about the kite man. Here's the draft. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Red Team Reviews Draft Lottery, where we decide what show will be discussed on the next edition of Reject or Renew. Now, the rules of the draft are quite simple. The Red Team boys have cultivated a list of 60 potential shows, separated evenly into three categories. <laughs> Comedy, drama-slash-action, and animation. In each of these three categories, every show is tied to a number from 1 to 20. In just a minute, 
TJ will roll a d20 for each category. And whatever number is called, the show attached will be entered into the draft. Next, in addition to these three random selections, we will also have a random chance to continue any of the shows that have previously been renewed and are still eligible. However, keep in mind that any show eligible for continuation is also included in the list of 60. Therefore, a show may be entered in multiple times. After we have the three random selections and one potential continuation, both Trevor and TJ will have the opportunity to freely select any television show they wish to cover next, even if it is not on the list. Once this process has been completed, we will have a draft of six viable options in this crucial order. Number one, the random comedy selection. Two will be the drama slash action selection. Three will be the animation selection. The number four represents the potential continuation. Number five will be TJ's pick. And six will be Trevor's. TJ will then roll a d6. And whatever the resulting number is, will be the next subject for us to reject or renew. Then, without further ado, back to you, me. Thank you, me, you long-winded motherfucker. So, with all that being said from other me, you know how this works by now, or if you don't, he they just dis- explained it. I don't know why I said they. <laughs> He just he just explained it. Um, trying to be politically correct with my own self? That's weird. Okay. So, first, we're going to do random comedy show. Uh, anything you're going to want from this, Trev? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I mean, I already know that you're, you're very much lobbying for one. Um, yeah, but but I have my own pick later. Just chill, okay. chill, bud. What, what? I am a be cool, my Please, I am being a game show host, sir. Be cool, <laughs> be cool, be baby. Cool. Damn. What if it lands on How I Met Your Mother? Give me a nat one. Damn, the one time I asked for a nat. Fucking goddamn piece of shit, die. I'm a- I bought this D twenty, and I might retire it already. It's a three. Which is the good place. Fuck my life. <laughs> I'm not here for this. What's the random drama? That's five. That's Wednesday. Ooh. I'd be fine watching Wednesday. Um, But that's mainly because... Well, no, because I Put have... Put your dick resu- away, TJ. Huh? Huh? I mean, like, I have my reservations because I don't really like the Go- Gomez and Morticia that they got. But... Honestly, Jenna Ortega might just single-handedly save that fucking show. So, I'm here for it. I really liked her and Aubrey Plaza at the SAG Awards. (laughs) Yes, that was great. That was absolutely awesome. Uh, What's the random animated show? It's 18, which is Owl Owl House again. The dice really likes... (laughs) Owl House has been coming out. You know, they've been working on their defense. They're a contender. 
I mean, look, there's been something about this team. Momentum's on their side, Trev. <laughs> All right, so now we'll do we'll roll for the renewals. Uh, because we still only have five. Again, sorry about Harley Quinn. Uh, six will constitute a re-roll, but one will be friends. Two will be Shits Creek. Three will be uh, three will be Scrubs. Unfortunately, four is a good place. The good, sorry, the good place. And five is Abbott Elementary. So let's see what we got. It's two. That's goddamn motherfucking Shits Creek. Son of a bitch. <laughs> this is just punish. I am punished, TJ, right now. Yeah. I just. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, because of that, uh, he's just not gonna win. There's the chances of you winning are fifty-fifty. Because of that, fuck you. My pick is Code Lyoko. Because sure. I'm gonna okay. have fun. Damn it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> and. Because by the time we actually record this, season three will have started, and I will just be lost in that mustache. Um, I'm going with Ted Lasso. All righty. So, to recap, I will roll this D6. If it's a one, it's The Good Place, season two. If it's a two, it's Wednesday. If it's a three, it's Owl House. If it's a four... It's Shit's Creek seasons three and four because of our fucking survive, Survivor Series negotiations in December. If it's a five, it's Code Lyoko. And if it's a six, it's Ted Lasso. I have only a one in six shot of being disappointed. So this is really great. <laughs> Please. I've go- I'm going through so much this month. Please, please, heart of the dice. Uh, Allie Beardsley, I call upon you and your power, please. <laughs> it might not be a, a nat 20, but bless this D6. <sighs> okay, okay. I would have much preferred to do this in October, but it's fine. I'll deal it's with Wednesday? it in April. Really? It is Wednesday. It is a two. It wow. is Wednesday. That is so. the true neutral ground of everything that was happening. <laughs> a million landmines for TJ and one for me, <sighs> and we get the one that I could care less about. <sighs> I mean, honestly, say because like, like I said, I probably would have preferred to do Wednesday in like fucking October. <laughs> or like. You can re-roll. We've never had that come up. <laughs> we've never... What do you... We've never had this happen. <laughs> where we're both kind of eh on a selection. <laughs> and we're like, it's our show. Should we just re-roll it? <laughs> it is our show. So... Do it for the drama. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that we're going to be beholden to this. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say we're beholden to this, but just so basically if it's not what you, if so basically if it's good place or shit's Creek, you'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, we're doing Wednesday. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking because it's a two. I think we just reroll the D 20 for the drama action. Uh, it's okay. Fine. Because like, look, that's it, not it, as it, fun for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
for you. <laughs> Honestly, and you know what? I'm fine with us keeping Wednesday. It's the thing that won the draft. But just to yeah, that's see, fine. Just to see what would happen if we were to right, re-roll fine. this D20 for the drama of it all. Fuck it, it's Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing Wednesday. Okay, Fuck all right. No. Okay, all right. <laughs> that was us being like, hey, we're going to back out of this room slowly. Oh, and there's a gun to my back. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a gun. Okay. I'm back, back in. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll stay. We'll stay. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Curse our bloodlines for seven generations. And uh, the bloodline. <laughs> Which I mean, honestly, for of all people, I don't I don't know why Harley Quinn has to be convinced to kill somebody before they are a bigger threat. That was a little weird. <laughs> I'm like, the first time, yes, I get it. You're giving her a chance, yada yada yada. After she betrays you, I don't know why Harley Quinn would just not kill Queen of Fables. That's like Alright. <laughs> That's or just Ivy or just Dr. Psycho or just literally Kinch or anybody like it's just that type of show. Where I'm like, I'm surprised one of these villains didn't just kill this person. <laughs> but OK, whatever. Do you, boo. So. Oh, boy. Next month is Wednesday. Which. I mean, does that even is that even being renewed for a second? Is there a second season? I don't know. I don't know. So, boy, um, a lot of emotions. A lot of lot yeah. Of the stakes didn't feelings. need to be this high. <laughs> um, again, I just want to say I really wanted to like it. I really did, and if you like it, look, I'm happy for you, man, because. Between Birds of Prey and this show, you're eating. You're feasting if you're all in for this Harley Quinn stuff. Great. I personally just prefer Birds of Prey and stuff similar to Birds of Prey. And I'll also, I'm just going to go out of my way to say, fuck that new Suicide Squad game. No. Just no. Um, Trev, I know you probably don't have a, a horse in that race, but... I don't. Yeah. Uh, nah. But. We're DC'd out. Bye-bye. We are very DC'd out, honestly. This has been a lot of, it's been a lot of superheroes this month. So, honestly, I'm just glad that we're taking a break from superheroes. Um, so, just quick disclaimer, um, stuff's going on in life. Uh, it's gonna, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Um, it's mainly me. It's not Trev. It's mainly me. I need to take a little bit of a break. Stuff's going on. I need to devote my attention elsewhere. But we'll be back. We'll be back in April doing stuff. You'll understand where that number was dropped because it's coming. And it's going to be glorious. Trevor has very arbitrarily. <laughs> I have strong opinions about what we were, what the plan was and where it fell in the numerical order of the episodes to the point where the bit is very important to me that this is the 100th episode. <laughs> if I were still doing memes on Instagram, this would absolutely be the, this is your wallet of like, <laughs> <laughs> so then it's episode this 100. This is the 100th episode. It's the 100th episode. It's episode 101. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn it. Okay. But for now, until then, I've been TJ Patrick. I'm Trevor Catalano. And I mean, it's it's Harley Quinn. Does Harley Quinn have a thing that we can like say on the outro? No, it's just Mr. J. That's it. Go get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich from a bodega. Go fl- take a flight to New York, say hi to Trev, and get a bacon, Gotham. egg, and cheese sandwich. All right. It was it was New York. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Until next time. <laughs>